0: business, and bourbon. something for the very first time on Business and Bourbon. We are recording from the outside of the beautiful King and Duke here in Buckhead. you made that plunge. You left a corporate job. You left corporate security. You have five kids. What the fuck were you thinking?
1: <laughs> I knew I could do bigger things on my own. There's so many
0: people just like you right yes. now. 450,000 new businesses last year.
1: How did you grow your following? I'm going to tell you, plain and simple. For one, you have to show up. Mm-hmm. These are lessons that I've learned and now you don't have to go through that same thing. How can you get away with side hustling yep. while you're working a corporate gig? Hey, I can tell you it's not easy and you're going to have a lot of haters <laughs> because I had no shortage of them. Surely when you made this decision, but you got like a meal in the bank, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it might come to a surprise. I didn't have a million in the bank.
0: Welcome back to Business in Bourbon where we have real talk with real people. My name is Ronel Richards. I am your host and the creator of Business & Bourbon. You know, we bring lots of tremendously talented entrepreneurs onto this platform over the years and folks that have just so much wisdom to share because they've been through a lot of battles, much like myself. My entrepreneurship journey started when I was a child. I've always been surrounded by entrepreneurs. And once I got into adulthood, I started my journey. So now that goes back decades and That really affects how I perceive things, how I talk about things, and quite frankly, how we structure things on this show. On this particular episode, I really wanted to bring someone in that could give a really different perspective on entrepreneurship. As we are coming out of this pandemic, we've had record numbers of new entrepreneurs. Maybe you're one of those. And so I wanted someone that could represent that group that could talk to their experience in starting a business during the pandemic and trying to make that transition. So in today's episode, I have invited Jordan Mendoza to the bar. And Jordan, I sat down and talked about his journey, talked about his transition into entrepreneurship after a long time in corporate. It's not easy, guys. Absolutely, it's not easy. But I wanted to really bring someone on that a lot of you guys could identify with. Someone that is going through what You know, a lot of you are probably going through right now. But that said, it's time to get this party started. I'm really excited about this one just to have a different perspective on entrepreneurship, a fresher one, a new one. And so it's time to go. So let's grab your glass. Let's grab your cup. Let's grab your mug. Whatever it is that you like to drink out of, please pour your favorite beverage in there. If it's alcoholic, great. If it isn't, that's great as well. Whatever you like to drink, because I want you to be comfortable. It's time for you to sit down next to me here at the bar. And enjoy a little Business and Bourbon. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people, folks. Real people. That is what this is about. You know, as we continue to grow the platform and as we continue to expand our connections and our corporate connections you know, one of the questions that I always get asked is, who's on the show? Like, who's on the show? And what they want to hear is celebrity after celebrity And that's not what we're about. What we're about is bringing on real people, real relatable people that are going through the same things that you and I go through every day. That's what we're about. Because we don't want to just pump you up with some entrepreneur porn and get you geeked up. We want to give you some actionable advice. We want to give you some direction. We want to let you know that you have a community. You have a community there to support you and that understands what you're going through. Today is a really fun day, and I'm really excited for a few reasons. First, I got a great guest, and uh, we're going to have some fun. But aside from that, we are doing something for the very first time on Business and Bourbon. We are recording from the outside of the beautiful King and Duke here in Buckhead. I get to look out and see the beautiful landscape here see all of the business going on around us man it is so energizing and it is a beautiful spring day here in atlanta i'm telling you you cannot beat spring days in atlanta hands down now summer (laughs) Summer's, summer's a different story but here in atlanta in the spring uh you can't beat it so we're outside and i'm hanging out with my buddy jordan mendoza today jordan
1: welcome to the platform my friend Hey, Ronell, thank you so much for the opportunity. Happy to be here. And like you said, you guys can't see it, but, I mean, there's cars everywhere. There's birds. There's joggers. There's bystanders. And, and what a beautiful place to have this show today.
0: I'm telling you, man. And, you know, that that's what it's you – know, I, I wanted to bring you guys out in the elements also just to kind of – I want you to feel what we're feeling. I want you to feel this energy. You're going to hear that little bit of ambient noise out there. You're going to hear the occasional – BMW drive by, or well, we're in Buckhead. It's like Rolls Royces and (laughs) all high-end vehicles driving by. You're going to hear some of that. Man, I hope that it's energizing for you. But now that I've got you here, man, super excited to have you again. Before we get this thing kicked off, we always got to kick it off with our drinks. Let's, let's let Sounds the fam know what let's we're drinking. Today.
1: Mine is gorgeous, but I'm gonna start with yours. What are you drinking? Yeah, yours looks good. Well, Renell, you'll be excited about this because this is my first beverage since February. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not really drinking these days, but yeah. I had to have a beverage with you, my friend. It's so, bourbon, so man. you know, find yeah. a fist bump to that. But I've got a Maker's and Diet. You know, I've been on this kind of. I haven't really been on a health kick to be honest. But yeah. my wife started Beachbody. Yeah. And so basically I'm a guinea pig for all the stuff. So <laughs> I'm drinking the shakes. I'm eating all the green stuff. And man, like I've dropped like 30 pounds since December. So really it's working. But you also know I'm hitting the court, too. I'm going to play basketball. So so
0: this guy enjoys playing a little bit, ba- a little bit of basketball. A little bit. I don't know how you fit it. How many kids do you have? We've got five, man.
1: How the hell we've do got you got five?
0: <laughs> First of all, you got a basketball team. Congratulations! Yeah, to we've you got our that.
1: starting five. You know that, that was—it's so funny because my mom had five boys. Uh, my wife wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. We can get into that wow. later, and we end up having five. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, so it's That's weird how cool. things work
0: out. That's awesome. Now you're five boys, girls. What do we got?
1: We've got three boys, two girls. I'll go from oldest to youngest with the ages. So we've got a sophomore in high school, yeah. sixteen. Uh, man, I wish he had a little bit more drive, but you know what I'm saying? Isn't that the, <laughs> isn't that the dad thing That's the to dad say? thing, yeah. It's like, man, who, you know, I wish you would let me teach you how to break jo- dance. Jordan you know? says every dad. Every dad. Yep. So next in line is Michael the, Jordan's dad used to say that to right? him, too. Right. Every, we're all going to do it till the yeah. end of time. We've got a 12 year old girl. A uh, almost ten-year-old girl, a four-year-old boy, and a ten-month-old boy. Wow, congrats! So, so man, like, let's just be honest, guys. The reason why I'm here is I've got a rock star wife at home that does all the hard stuff. Yeah. While I get to do all the business stuff downstairs. So, you know, it's it's a blessing to be able to have somebody that that sticks up for you and yeah. that has your back in that sense. You know, well, it's
0: absolutely a team effort, man. Hundred percent. I can say that. Um, and when I say team, guys, see what I'm talking about, guys? You hear that? <laughs> When I'm talking team effort, you're fortunate to have a spouse that really supports you, but it's beyond that. It's it's you gotta have a team, man. I I remember you're a basketball guy, and I remember when Tyreek Evans got into the NBA and a 60 minute episode done on him, and he had team Tyreek. And that was his mom (laughs) and like a couple of brothers and someone. Everyone has to have their team, man. Yeah. If you're fortunate to have a spouse, or that's awesome. Yep. But it doesn't have to be a spouse. It just has to be people that are down for you and support you, and they're going to be there for you when when the chips are down. All right. My drink is called the millionaire. <laughs> I'm calling it the raw now. The raw. Big ambitions. No? <laughs> anyway, let's clink it up, my friend.
1: Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So, this Cheers. millionaire,
0: I have no idea what's in it, but it's one of the most beautiful drinks. What type of glass is this? This is like. I don't know.
1: It's very fancy.
0: It's a fancy glass. It's and a I'm,
1: glass that you normally put receipts in, I feel like, you know? Usually put what in? You usually put your receipts in it on the bar. You know, that's Come, on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is way more fancy than A little more fancy than, re- than that.
0: And I'm a fancy guy. So, it's fitting. I asked Richard, our bartender, I said, Richard, make me something special. And he said, Ronel, here you go, the millionaire. All right, so here's my drink. Oh, God, Richard. Guys, shout out they, to you, Richard. Shout out to Richard. Shout out to Richard. Shout out to Clark, the beverage director. You guys know what you're doing. All right. So now we got that out of the way. Tell the people what you do.
1: Yes. So I am a new full-time entrepreneur. Love right? it. I think that's important for the audience to That's why to you're get, here. But. I didn't just jump into it, you know, and that's something that I like to tell people because it's important as a business owner, you gotta be a practitioner at what you do. You have to actually know the stuff that you're gonna have people pay you to do. You know, so I think that's just an important thing to call out because there's a lot of people that might say, Hey, I I do this, but do you really? (laughs) Do you are you really out there in the field? Are you hitting the pavement? Are you doing the things that that you're expecting your clients to do?
0: First I'm excited to have you here and you know, a few episodes ago, you guys may remember, we had Sander on. And Sander is like you in like 15 years, okay? <laughs> so uh, he corporate job, long time, took the plunge, and 15 years later, here he is and doing very well. So I love that there's a lot of similarities in your story from that respect. Like you were a yep. longtime corporate employee yep. to taking that plunge. But you're in the front end of that, so you've got different challenges. 100%. Um, and you're right in the middle of that. And here's what I love about that, and really excited to have you on is that there's so many people just like you right yes. now. We're having explosive growth in terms of small business and entrepreneurs right now. We've had, the US has, I think they're estimating around 450,000 new businesses last year, right? And that is the highest number of new businesses in over a decade. So there's a lot of people that are jumping in the pool and are experiencing challenges that, you're experiencing, you're going to experience, but I want to get your perspective on what's it been like thus far. Why did you make the decision? Let's start there.
1: (laughs) Why did you make the decision? No, I'd love to share that. So really the reason why I made the decision was I couldn't have the same impact that I want to have on the world or on on future clients if I were to stay in the corporate world. And what I mean by that is there's just a lot of limitations. I've been trying to get things, uh, And there goes another one of those amazing cars. again,
0: (laughs) this is a first for business in bourbon. We are outside. We're here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Live from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Sorry. No, so really what it
1: was is, you know, there's so many limitations when it comes to corporate, and there's only so far that you can go. Yeah. And I realized that I was at that point to where my boss wasn't going anywhere. His boss wasn't going anywhere. And all these great ideas that I kept, trying to get my company to do, I was giving those ideas to clients and they were winning. <laughs> you know, so that showed me that the information wasn't bad. But if I stayed here, that information's never going to get to where it needs to go. Right. So through the impact or the change that I wanted to make, I couldn't have it there. When you started
0: your business, did you take what you were doing at your corporate job? Are you essentially doing what you were doing at your corporate job?
1: <laughs> and that's that's the fun part. No, oh. I'm not. So I was in You know, I worked for 15 years at Gables Residential. It's funny. The building literally is a mile down the street. And I was just over at the Buckhead Club overlooking my old office, enjoying a a beverage before I came to hang with you. And, you know, I'm not doing the same thing. And what's cool about that is over the last couple of years, I started to build my brand. Yeah. Right. That's super important that you start to show up and put yourself out there in the areas that you want to help people in, that you want to serve people in. So it really, my my journey of becoming an entrepreneur started about two years ago when I got active on LinkedIn, a place that we both create content on. And so from there, I realized that I had a skill set to teach people the same information, the same things that I was doing, yeah. and they could get those same results. And so when, when you've got a viable product like that, that I developed, which is the 12 week coaching program. And I started having people go through that. I knew that if I were to leave, that's something that's sustainable. Okay. So you started,
0: and this, this is important. You're saying you started a couple years ago while you were still in your corporate job. How do, there's a lot of people out there listening to this and they're wondering how the hell did he do that? How, (laughs) how can you get away with Side hustling while you're
1: working a corporate gig. Hey, I can tell you it's not easy and you're going to have a lot of haters (laughs) because I had no shortage of them. I was creating content in the morning, so I would do a video, motivational, inspirational, maybe some sales tips, some type of tips. And then in the evening, I would do another post. Okay. Well, it got to a point from the corporate end where my boss actually pulled me aside. He's like, hey, people are saying you're showing up on LinkedIn and you're posting videos I'm like, I am. And I'm doing that in the morning. <laughs> and he said, OK, well, they don't see how this relates to what we do at Gables. I said, yeah. well, I'm a trainer. That's that's literally what you pay me to do. Right. I, I'm a trainer. You, you pay me to teach people and I'm teaching people. Yeah. It's not the people at Gables, but there's other people that need to learn the information that I have. So why can't I do that? And he's like, good point. <laughs> you can keep sharing. Just don't do it during the workday. Right. Mm. But those types of things are going to happen. Were you successful at your job? Oh, very. Yeah. I was the guy in terms of training because I have some other skill sets that the other trainers didn't. We all had the same title, but I did graphic design. I did video editing. You know, I did all of the sales training and built all that content, you Mm -hmm. know, from scratch.
0: So I want people to understand because you were able to do something that's difficult to do. And I've been banging a drum for about three years. As long as I've been making (laughs) content, people have been listening to me pontificate, I've been banging this drum for, listen, take control of your brand now because your companies are going to start taking control of it for you. They're going to start coming out with policies on how you present on social media. And guess what, guys? They can and they should. If I'm your corporate employer, that's what I would do. Because yep. if you're taking a lot of time out there and you're creating content and I'm paying you a check, I want to make sure that you are that the messaging that's going out there on business social media is the messaging that I want and that helps my business. You have this opportunity right now where companies, they're not really doing anything right now. They're not yep. coming out with structure and policies that are that specific. So you can take advantage of this opportunity that Jordan is. So you are proof positive of what I've personally been talking about for three years. So you were creating content. Oh, back up. There's one thing I, I want people to – I asked you a question. I said, hey, were you good at your job? And you said
1: – Yes, I was the best.
0: Okay, 100%. number one prerequisite <laughs> to being able to build your personal brand and talk and, and do content, you better be damn good at your job. 100%. Because if you weren't good at your job, oh, they're like, gone. huh, yeah, we don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> You can't do this. Yeah." But you were good at your job. So you had some leverage.
1: Had some leverage. You know, it's funny because I actually got a goal. One of my goals for the year in 2019 was to find a social media channel that we could engage our associates on. And I stumbled on LinkedIn and I started creating there. I think I had 7,000 connections at the time. Really when I knew my brand had taken off is when I hit like 20K followers, you know, from April to December of that, that 2019. And I was like, holy cow, Like people are really thoughtfully engaging, they're commenting, they're connecting, and everything that I'm saying is resonating, and I'm building this tribe of people.
0: What did you do to do that? Listen, this is business yep. and bourbon. 100%. People want real talk. Yep. That's what they come to us for. A lot of people, they look at folks on social media, look at you, look at people like myself, and I'm like, oh, yep. how did they grow these followings? How
1: did you grow your following? I'm going to tell you, plain and simple. For one, you have to show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's that's the first step if you've got information you've got to show up and I remember being afraid and, and a lot of people that are watching this th- this might be you today where you're afraid of what other people are going to think about you I was that guy I had a, a mentor of mine his name's Brian Shulman I had a call with him back in May of 2019 and he said Jordan you need to show up people need your positivity they need to to really hear what you're saying you're going to have a bigger brand than me one day You know, he said that to me. And for one, for whatever reason, I believed him Renault, And I was like, I can do this. I can start showing up. So for one, you've got to show up. The second thing you have to do is you've if you're going to create content, you better engage with your audience. Right. Because if you post and ghost, which is what a lot of people do, they'll they'll create a piece of content and then they'll disappear for a few hours. Well, you've got an audience there that's waiting to see if you're going to comment to what they said. And so that's one thing that helped build a community. Yeah. Okay. Now, outside from that, I also made it a point to take the online offline. So these people that I was connecting with, that I was building relationships with, I would send them a message and say, hey, I'd love to have a virtual coffee. I'd love to take you out to lunch. And I'd try to really build a contextual relationship. Yeah. And so those are really three key ingredients that helped me build.
0: Yeah. And I would agree with that. Listen, folks, as you can tell, we have a tremendous time on the podcast. We have such a fun time hanging out, having some cocktails and talking business. Can you imagine what that would be like in person if you were hanging out there with us in person, sitting in the table right next to me? Well, guess what? You don't have to imagine. Yeah, we're doing it. Business and Bourbon is touring and we want you to come out and see us. What you need to do is go to businessandbourbon.live. Go ahead and enter your information into our website, and we'll let you know when we're coming to your city. What you can expect is an awesome event where other Business and Bourbon listeners in our community are going to come together, and we're going to network. We're going to have a great time, enjoy some good whiskeys, talk a little business, and beyond. Can't wait to see you guys there, so make sure to go to businessandbourbon.live. Dot live get your free membership make sure that you're in the house when i'm in your house now you said you had some explosive growth you said you went from what to what from
1: 7,000 to 20k from april to december all right okay. and so in 2020 this, this is a bigger number yeah in 2020 i grew 40,000, 40 000, 40k and yeah. i believe me i'm still i'm like that's a whole stadium full of people that are following so me around. Were there, were there
0: any other strategies, techniques, things? Again, real talk. Anything yeah. That I you mean, did? Because, I mean, that's yep. that's great, like the community nurturing that you yep. talked about. Yep. That's awesome. But yep. you can't meet with 20,000 people. No,
1: you can't. So you what can't. did you do Listen, to get that sort of growth? I mean. Did you do pods? So did you do y- what to do? So your content, for one, has got to to resonate with people. I think that's the first thing. You've got to have content that resonates. In addition to content resonating, you've got to have a strategy of what you want that content to do. So uh, do you have a hashtag strategy, right? Do you have that in place so that you can reach more people? Are you... Asking questions, open-ended questions in your posts that actually get people to want to respond, okay? Mm -hmm. yes, about pods, right? Yep. What are these things? You know, it's funny. People bring up pods all the time. They do. Okay? And whether you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, this is something that's been going on forever, and it'll never stop. You've got guys like Kevin Hart and Rock that are probably in pods with each other, you know, promoting their stuff. So, for I don't those think of you, they have to get in there, but <laughs> they, they I, don't okay, have to. Yeah. But they could tag each other and, yeah. and boom, you've got a you got a million hits uh, on yeah. your content. So, yeah, I mean, it was finding a group of people, finding your tribe, right? People that okay, you can real actually talk, man. resonate with. The, yep. No no bullshit. Yeah, no this that's it. Like, did you were
0: you in podcast? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah,
1: cool. yeah, that's what i was saying. Is, is I found a group of people, people that I actually know in person. <laughs> I've met these people, right? Like I know who you are. And and we're going to Engage and share each other's content 100%, because to me, that's no different than me going and saying, "Hey, my kid graduated," and having all these other people, you know what I'm saying, you cheer, know, I, cheering I feel me up. Like,
0: Jordan, when we have the pod discussion, like a lot of times it becomes like more personal or emotional. The people I think so. because it's like cheating or gaming or whatever. I think, but it's not. When I ask it, where I talk about, it, it's yeah. not about. It's just about strategy. 100%. And, and so my personal take on it from a business standpoint is a little bit mixed. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, what matters to me is where the success is for people and what, if sure. they get the outcomes that they desire and that they yep. need. Like, for example, if it is your desire to become a social media or business social media celebrity, we're using LinkedIn in particular, you should be in lots of pods. Oh, it is, 100%. It, it will make you grow much much faster right i had been asked to participate in a few pods over the years and i was in two right which were friends right that had asked me yeah and so i got in i found it very i found it to be a pain in the ass for me if i'm being honest here's why Well, it's time consuming i am such a damn purist man i'm sorry if i don't dig the content like my you don't want to engage my with time it, right? Yeah. My time is just like yours. My yep. time is so valuable. Yeah. I bill a lot for my time. If I'm taking time to engage in content for me, like it has to be something that I dig. Like I'm, I sure. can't feign it. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I felt like it also got me away from my core audience. Right. Like when I first started down this road, there's so many people that were ride or die right and and they connected with me because of the because of my message because of who i was all those what i was talking about and then i felt like as i started to get active in those couple of pods i was starting to get the people from the pod and like their people kind of overtaking my people and so my people on occasion would comment on a piece of content and they'd be like Ronell, where have you been? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yo, I'm here. Like Jordan, showing up every day. Yeah. But they weren't seeing my stuff. Yeah. So I made a decision to like, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and step away from that as much. I'm still gonna try to engage on the people that I dig, like you, and yep. engage with their content. But I'm not necessarily gonna post my content in there. Just kind of en- engage with them when I dig it, and and get back to my core audience because you know for me the success on social media and all that has been about really connecting with people at a high level the things that you're talking about community building and that's one thing i will tell people like numbers do lie in some senses man like you're not doing business with thousands of people you're doing business with one person at a time you can make an impact with that one person and convert that one person that's what that's what it's been about for me That was fun. That was fun. We just, just, you know, listen. Did we we solve the
1: pod? I think you said it. You said it best. It's, you know, do what works for you, right? And if it's not adding value to to revenue, right? If you're not generating dollars from what you're doing, then you probably don't want to invest time in that. I'll add to that. It's really about
0: outcomes. Yeah. What are the types of outcomes that you want? That you desire? Listen, guys. I'm gonna let you guys in a little secret. There are people out there. Jordan, I know you don't want to believe this. I know, (laughs) listeners, I know you don't want to believe this, but there are people out there that don't do shit on social media and make shit tons of money. Millions. 100%. <laughs> I know lots of them. I got plenty of friends that don't do anything on social or they do very little. Make So having lots of um, numbers on social media doesn't necessarily equate to business. Focus on what outcomes you want first. Yep. What does success look like for you on the other end? What are you trying to do? With Jordan, he's trying to get clients for his consulting business. And so yep. the more exposure you can get to more entrepreneurs out there, yep. you're going to be able to help those folks. And so you're trying to grow exponentially it's yep. about not just about what works for you but about what success is to you what is real and if success is numbers great you want to be celebrity great do all that stuff to be a celebrity if success is getting business make sure that your activities the things that you're doing on social and beyond yep get
1: you to that yep would you agree 100% if you're Having success, showcase it too, right? I think that's one of the things that's so underutilized, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, where people are looking at your recommendations, looking, can you actually solve the problems that they have?
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I've noticed about you is you're very open in sharing your story. You talk about your mom, you talk about your family. 100%. Um, Why? It's natural for me now. (laughs) Why do you bring your personal life into business social media?
1: Man, because it's relatable. We're doing business with human beings, right? We're humans. We all have things that are going on inside our heads. We've all got circumstances that we face. We've got family. We've got grievances. And so if you aren't bringing that in, right, if you're not talking about real life things, how do you expect to relate to people? Yeah. I'm able to relate to people on all different levels because of some of the content I create. And and I'll hear it from people. I get messages of people giving their opinions about things I do all the time. Why aren't you wearing a suit? Like, why are you doing? And I'm like, because I want to. This is who I am. This is who I want to show You, you get messages like that? 100%.
0: I'm dapping you up right yep. now. Here's why I'm <laughs> dapping you up is because that's when you know you're making impact. When I first got my first piece of like, I won't call it hate. It's love. It's love, guys. When I first got my first piece of love, I'm like, wow, that means I'm really making impact. Um, So congratulations on that. Yeah, man. To your point of being relatable and and connecting with people, what about business from a business standpoint? Because people struggle with that.
1: Yeah, they do. And and,
0: and let's be clear, guys. When I say this and Jordan says, we're not saying that. Go out there and share all of your personal stuff (laughs) because it's personal. You can do what you want to do. But from a Business perspective, yep.
1: has it made sense for you? A hundred percent. Because if it can add value to somebody, right? There's got to be purpose for it. You don't just want to go on a platform and just post a bunch of random pictures, no captions, no context, right? So when I'm doing it, it's coming from a place of, hey, maybe this is something I've endured or experienced. These are lessons that I've learned. And now you don't have to go through that same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that, man. We're kindred in that sense. As you know, I'm one yep. for sharing stuff. Me personally, my kind of rule of thumb for what I do is that a lot of times I, I always like to draw everything back to the business because it all impacts the business. Yeah. Much like you, I work with entrepreneurs. And so entrepreneurs, there is no balance. There's just the life, okay? And it's, it's part of the life. You don't balance. It's the lifestyle. And so understanding that there are multiple parts of that lifestyle, you can't separate business from personal. Personal is business, and business is personal. It 100%. is what it is. And so when you share those sorts of things, guys, I'm bringing you back to the business impact. Understand this. There's a business outcome. Your target client are entrepreneurs. Yep. So when you share these sorts of things, you connect with other entrepreneurs. How yeah. about that? Right? Yeah. And so while you're not doing it necessarily with some you know, grand plan of world domination – you do understand the business impact of sharing the things that you share 100%. and how that affects you.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, for anyone that watches this or listens, just go to my LinkedIn profile and you'll get in the first 30 seconds that you read, you'll learn a lot about me and, and some adversity that I've overcome because, you know, when I'm targeting clients, I want clients that maybe they don't have the confidence to show up on camera because I can teach them how to show up. I can teach them how to share their story. And it's not to say that everyone has to share everything on social media. You share as much as you want to, you know, but you've got to make sure that what you're sharing is going to, like you said, reach the audience that you're trying to reach. There it is. So I think you'd
0: probably share this piece of advice, but my advice is guys focus on the outcome. Yeah. Focus on the outcome and then reverse engineer your actions to get you to whatever outcomes that you want. Okay. Fun question. Cause I like to ask everyone that pops on the show Because I'm a hip-hop head. I'm a music head. (laughs) And who's your favorite hip-hop artist? Tupac. Tupac. Tupac Hans-
1: I'm at West Coast Skid, man. I grew up in Portland. So when that album came out, I was in eighth grade. Which man. album? This is all Eyes on Me. I was okay. in eighth grade, 1995. The the two-disc, man, sitting in my two buddy's Two-disc with about
0: five good songs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, just, no, I'm just no, kidding, there, it real. There's,
1: some, there's a lot more good songs than that. But, uh, but again, man, when you, for you. I grew up on Too Short, Eazy-E, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. like That was the era that I grew up in. You know. You were 13. Yeah. That, but I mean, th- that was the time, you know, so even you fast forward past that and it was still Tupac. Yeah, <laughs> it was still Tupac. All
0: right. All right. OK. I, I, We don't judge here. We don't judge. I just I always like to know where people stand, because at that time I was an East Coast guy. So, yep. you know, I'm you sure that was Puck, Wu-Tang. Was Biggie, yeah, and, yeah, I'm sure and, and Biggie. So, and, yep. Absolutely. Nas. Anyway.
1: I mean, there's there's a lot of good artists on the. I wasn't a beef between East and West because there was good music on, on both sides. For there sure. was kind of a beef.
0: <laughs> no, I wasn't, though. I oh, wasn't okay. part of it. All right. All right. All right. Um, okay. So I also understand. I hear that you're quite the hooper. I hear you like that. Like, I like you to get play, buckets.
1: I like to play, you know. And what a great time to talk about it because we're in playoff season. The Portland Trailblazers, that's my hometown team. We're about to face. You just killed the me nuggets. on radio, Jordan. You know that, right? Now, <laughs> now this will
0: be less relevant to the person that listens to this four months from now because
1: <laughs> I'm bringing just on the with Portland right? Trailblazers. But, but no, man. I mean, I love playing basketball. I think there's something. I never played in high school. I always played in rec leagues or church leagues. But I also played a lot of street ball. Yeah. So when you have the street ball game, and now. I'm 40 now, so I'm I'm on the older end. But when you've got the the street ball game down and, and you can pivot and you can shift your body and then you, you're a shooter too, those are some good combinations. So
0: you get out and you play. How often do you play?
1: I'm playing four days, five days a week.
0: Wow. How does a guy with five kids and a business play basketball
1: five days a week? I go the most convenient time for my wife. that's lunch break you know what i'm saying so being able to just go then and and man what's cool about working out you know my wife she does her workout at 5 Mm a.m and she's doing an hour hour and a half workout at 5 a.m you know so i get to go at noon but we both get that in and it's important that you can support each other in both of those aspects like usually when she's working out there's a kid waking up like a baby you know what i'm saying a baby might wake up so i've got to fill in there but when i'm gone she has the kids so it's all about figuring out like you said there's really no way to balance it because there's not a single day in entrepreneurship that looks the same i don't know anyone that, that could say that every day is going to look the same so you just got to be able to figure out how everything works with your situation
0: so speaking let's get back to this entrepreneurship thing again one of the reasons why I was really excited to have you on is to really have this, this conversation about entrepreneurship and about the transition to entrepreneurship. Because I think it's like winning the lottery. Everyone daydreams about it, right? Everyone's saying, oh, they daydreams about being an entrepreneur at some point. You've made that plunge. You left a corporate job. You left corporate security. You have five kids. What the fuck were you thinking?
1: <laughs> Man, I was thinking that I knew I could do bigger things on my own. That's what I was thinking. And I was... Willing and ready to bet on myself. Yeah. You know, I think there was too many people that saw value in me and it was time that I took that on my own and went and blazed my own trail. Right. I've been talking about this on the podcast, right, for the last year and a half and interviewing all these people. Why can't I do it? Why can't I go out there? I've got things that work. I had clients already. Was it scary? A thousand percent. Yeah, what's scary about what what scares you? I mean everything. Like what if I fail? I can't pay the mortgage? What if I can't do all these things? But I just had to suck that up and say, you know what? If my company invested in me for 15 years, I better be willing to invest in myself.
0: What gets you going every day, man? Like (laughs) what makes you get up and do what you have to do to win? I mean, you got a lot riding on your shoulders, man. I do.
1: Yeah. For me, it's, it's seeing other people have success. You know, when it comes to marketing and when it comes to sales, This is my first dang rodeo. I started going door to door at 14 years old, man. Like, so knocking on, hearing 100 people tell you no, that's something that, like, you can't ever take away from somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Going through and and hearing all of those. So, in addition to that, I've been in marketing roles. I understand communication, I understand how to get people from here to there.
0: Here's what I want to get to. Yep. Surely, when you made this decision, what you got like a meal in the bank, right?
1: No. It might come to a surprise that I didn't have a million in the bank.
0: You're doing this, you're making this transition without a million in the bank.
1: Yeah. Listen to this people. It
0: can be done. And I think that's something to take from this. Like guys be encouraged. You have a community for one. You have a community. You are not alone in this entrepreneur. Listen. I am like freaking Rip Van Winkle of entrepreneurship at this <laughs> point sitting here next to you, right? I've been through a whole lot of damn battles. Yep. And The biggest battle that any entrepreneur deals with is the mental part of it. Sure. And the pain that you'll go through as an entrepreneur is sometimes it's undescribable. It's not like a physical pain. It's deeper than that. And when you're going through that pain, you feel like you're on your own. You feel like no one's experiencing what I'm experiencing, how I'm experiencing. Because in your world, no one is. Your wife isn't. Your kids aren't. Your friends aren't. Your family isn't. And so you feel like you're on your own. So I appreciate you sharing and yep. allowing me to dig in yep. a little bit, because you're not alone, brother. There's, yep. a lo- there's a lot of people out there just like you. They started their business. You got five kids. Guess what? There's a dude out there
1: that has six. <laughs> I bet. I bet there is. 100%. <laughs> and he did say
0: he's probably in Utah. Shout out to my friends in Utah. <laughs>
1: <They> <laughs> Listen, have a lot of kids. Uh, bro, you made a really great point. You've got to have a community. You've got to have people to surround yourself with. I can tell you this: the people that I talk to the most are millionaires. You know, there are people that I get advice from. There are people that I drink uh, drinks
0: called millionaire. You know,
1: you've got a drink called a millionaire, right? These are people that are there to support me. They're there to pick me up when I fall down. You've got to have those people. But also, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the years building a strong mindset. So there are things that might affect a lot of people that are listening that may not because of certain things that I've gone through. And so I've been able to really clear that stuff out. You know, the, the inner game controls the outer game. Right. As you know, if you can't get past the conversations in your head, it's going to be very hard to get what you want in life accomplished.
0: Something that you just said, I want to expound on that a little bit when we talk about community and we talk about building people or having that team. So you mentioned you have, you know, people in your network that have achieved some financial success. So do I. A lot. But that being said, my friends that have achieved a lot financially they help me when things aren't necessarily awesome financially when I'm going through some things from that that perspective, which if you're in business long enough and you're doing things well, you're going to. It is what it is. I made a whole lot of money and I lost a whole lot of money. Sure. And i and I'm it's cyclical like that. So those are folks that are part of a peer group that can understand that because anyone that has made any significant amount of of income, you know, from from that standpoint, they've experienced the exact same thing. Yeah. However, the most valued people on my team has nothing to do with money, nothing to do with money, and nothing with success. It's those people that are my emotional rocks, like my mom. <laughs> Shout out, mom. Shout out to my mother. If you want to make it in this world this entrepreneurship work. And when I say make it, understand what making it means. Making it doesn't mean having X amount of money in the bank. Because guys, I pushed a shitload of money. And at some point, the numbers don't mean anything. They're just numbers. it from here to here. And those of you guys that have been through this, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the same. I did a post a couple days or a couple weeks ago. For some of you guys, this may be a couple months ago. I don't know. Maybe a couple years for some of you guys' listeners. But I, I shared my lowest moment in my professional career and this was five years ago or so four or five years when i closed the company company that was very successful for a very long time and that all happened within six months jordan six months best year ever six months later closing the doors and there are a lot of people that are around when you're on that (laughs) ride to success when you're doing well everybody everybody's there for the party but when i closed those doors was myself My parents and one of my employees that helped me to basically put stuff in storage. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the point being is that those are going to be the most valuable people for anyone on their team and identifying the people that are in. This is my (laughs) advice and direction for you or any of our new entrepreneurs out there. Those are going to be the people that you need to identify now. Because once yep. you start doing okay, you start making a little bit of money, you're gonna have plenty of people around. Yep. But they will go.
1: Yeah, and I love that point because these guys I'm speaking about, these aren't new relationships, you know, like uh, these are relationships, these are guys I've known for ten years, a decade, you know, and I joined a business group with them a couple years ago before I was an entrepreneur. Why? They're entrepreneurs. You know, you are the sum total Can of the you people you hang your so I could cry to them. Okay. I mean, I know, that's, I know about guys, their bankruptcies. I know about, guys, I know the, about all of no, it. That's the benchmark. One hundred percent.
0: If you in entrepreneurship long enough? <laughs> I don't
1: care how tough you are. Oh, you will cry. It's gonna happen. One hundred percent. And it's not always a sad thing. Sometimes it's a good, right? No, 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 it's, no, no. Are no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, you talking, talking about the sad one? <laughs> I'm talking, yes, because
0: yeah. this is the lifestyle. This is 100%. what it, you know. When you step out, and you prepare prepared to risk it all. You have to understand that this is a gamble. Yep. And sometimes you're going to lose it. Yeah, It just is what it is. Um, you can look at any of the most, you know, the, the the entrepreneur celebrities that we look at in this world. They've all done it. they percent all crapped out at some yep. point. You can't win every single time. But you can no. win long term and understand that it is a long game. But if you're going to survive, and survival does not mean, you know, X amount of dollars in your bank. Survival means life living because people die (laughs) yeah kudos to you for taking such an interest in your fitness because that's part of it too yeah like um the the life of an entrepreneur is, is a higher stressful it's there's more stress so if you're not taking care of yourself from a physical standpoint um from a fitness standpoint and a mental standpoint you're gonna be in bad shape so what do you do speaking of the mental part have you changed anything in your routine since you oh, jumped in? Everything from
1: a 100%. Yeah, the, so I get up, it's meditation, right? Like reading, it's things like that. And then I spend time with my wife after she works out. And then I hang with the kids. And then I go take my uh, daughter to school. I get to spend time with her. And then I come and do a few hours of hard work. And then I go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Is there specific
0: type of, like, what type of meditation do you do?
1: So for me, it's more of reading and sitting out on my deck, we're in metro Atlanta. And, you know, I was been reading a lot about birds lately because I'm wondering why the hell these birds are up so early. And what does it mean when birds are abundant in your, in your surroundings? And it means prosperity. It means that the area around you is thriving. Mm-hmm. And because I, I remember getting pissed uh, as a new entrepreneur, I'm like, I'm not getting up at 3:30. I don't have to drive to Buckhead anymore. And these birds are waking me up. And so I started researching, and so now I hang with the birds, man. I'm hanging on my deck, and I'm just listening to the noises, and I'm just getting my mind ready for the day.
0: Yeah. That's what's up, man. So you mentioned books as well. Like, what do you read? Like,
1: I Man, so I'm about to wrap up, believe it or not, for a long time entrepreneurs, but Think and Grow Rich. I'm in the very last chapter of that. It's been cool to kind of see the progression of that, but it's it's added a lot of value. There's been things I've taken away from it. There's been things I've kind of just left in there, but that's been a great read. Uh, another book I finished up, The Lemonade Life by uh, Zach Friedman, buddy of mine. Really, really good book. It has different characters that we all are in our lives at yeah. some point. You know, the, the change chaser, the eternal excuser, right? All these different characters. And one of the characters in the book is called the daring disruptor. And that was the one I resonated with the most. And that one is the one that has that entrepreneurial spirit that really doesn't make a great employee. That was really me I'm learning about. Like, I man, I was a terrible employee because my mind is just thinking constantly about how to change things up and make things better, you know?
0: That's what I want you to understand from this. And I hope that everyone's picking up. It's just Jordan is on a journey right now. And I wanted to, I'm the documentarian. I want to, you know, we're in the early stages, just like a lot of you. My question to you, at this stage in your business, what have you learned? What piece of advice would you give you from when you started to this point because we're constantly learning. What did you learn? What did you learn so far?
1: Man, I learned that I wasn't ready a year ago. Big lesson because I thought I almost left a year ago. But what I learned is that I needed a 2020 in my life. <laughs> I needed something to to halt everything and to show me what my value was. Okay. Because in 2020, I managed a full-time job yeah. with a bunch of new rollouts. I Launched a podcast, which now reaches 57 countries, and I had consulting clients. So I taught myself that I could do it, right? Because I saved, you know, a lot of people don't realize 2020, we gained something very, very great. Everyone did. And that was time. If you were a commuter, you no longer had to commute. So what I did is I invested the time that I would spend on the road into my business and into my podcast, and I consciously made the effort to put in real hard work so that I could prove to myself that I was ready to go.
0: So what I'm taking from that is you have to be ready. The timing has to be right. The time yes. wasn't right for you when you thought it was It wasn't, wasn't right, initially. yeah. Now
1: In hindsight, I look back, I wasn't ready yeah, a year now ago. Now, back
0: to my, to my original question, when you started, because we're on a constant yep. journey, man. Yep. What have you learned in these months? Because there's someone, there is a yep. Jordan that yep. is starting today. They're starting today and there's they're behind you and you're learning curve. you've learned something since you started to this point. Oh yeah. What is that piece of advice that you could give them?
1: I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is don't be afraid to put yourself out there to to bigger entities. You know, like I've made some mm. corporate partnerships and relationships that I never would have dreamed of, but they only showed up because I said yes because I said, hey, I'll jump on this networking event or hey, I'll, be, I'll come on your show to talk about what I do. So putting myself out there and showing up in, in really situations that were uncomfortable because of the perception I had about the people, right? I looked up to these people. I, I saw them as industry leaders, but I said, you know what, why not me? Why not show up to that talk? And what that's done is that that's lifted my confidence up to be able to go for bigger things, to be able to to add another zero or two to my contracts, to have that confidence, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is I've gained even more confidence in myself by putting myself out there.
0: I like that. Okay, so people get intimidated. I get 100 percent. And then they people are people, regardless how much money's yep. in their bank account, what type of car they drive, what their title is, they're people. Here's a question that I want to ask you. I know that the community could really benefit from. Because the biggest obstacle to entrepreneurship and the biggest fear of entrepreneurship is the financial aspect of it. How have you dealt with that? Were you prepared for that? How do you address it on a weekly basis in your business? Like, How do you feel about that?
1: I feel that when I first started, and this isn't jumped out into full time, but I had no clue how to price myself. You know, I think we had a conversation off air at a breakfast a couple months ago where I remember selling myself short. I remember trying to do things based off of this like, hourly rate. Like, I had this number in my head of a number that I'd never made before. And so that's the number I went with. You know, So really honing in like, what your value is, what problem can you actually solve And why should they invest in you? And understanding that and really testing the marketplace. Like, that's how I had to do it. I had to figure out what is my value because I didn't know it at the time. I'll tell you when I an epiphany happened, I was on a a discovery call with a lady. I remember telling her what the cost was for these four calls with me. And she says, wow, that's a lot. I said, it is, but I'm worth it. And she said, kudos to you for charging what you're worth. And that's when I knew I was onto it. That's when I knew I, you just, because listen, all it takes is one. All it takes is one person to believe in what you're doing and for you to go out and execute on those results. And those dollars can continue to increase over time.
0: I think that's a fantastic answer to my previous question. I love that. Like that's what you would probably tell yourself. Yeah. If you were to go back in time and you said, okay, Jordan, you're going to, you're starting a business. Hey, I just learned this. This is what you do now. Don't, don't, undersell yourself. Yep.
1: Also, you ready? Cause yeah. I thought of another one. Don't work with just anybody. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was another lesson we talked about. I had a client I took on pain in the ass, hated working with, I, I almost just wanted to reverse the transaction just to not have him and give him his money back because he drained me. And so that was a lesson that I learned is like, you don't want to work with everybody. Not everybody's your ideal client.
0: That is such a great lesson, and that, that's 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 something all entrepreneurs need to need to learn, and they do learn. Um, just some don't pay attention. Kudos <laughs> to you for paying attention. Yeah, I can tell you how many new entrepreneurs that I've either consulted with, mentored, have that did that exact same thing. Right, you took yep. on someone that you shouldn't have taken on because you can't. You're not a good fit for them. But we do that because of money, 100%. desperation. Yep. This is something I was on talking to a seller earlier today about the same thing. Like the very worst position you can be in in business and in sales is desperate. Desperation will cause you to make bad decisions, bad business decisions, bad sales decisions, bad purchasing decisions. It just makes you make bad decisions. So you have to find a way, even when things are, when your situation is desperate, to put that aside, compartmentalize it and focus on the task at hand, focus on the activity. Dude. Great information. My last question for you, I promise. Yep. And thank you for allowing me to kind of put you over the coals a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Someone, again, is about to start a business today. Do you have any rule of thumb? What worked for you, like, in terms of from a financial standpoint? I, again, I feel like you bring so much value because you are the model for everyone else, but you're also, like, the model for fear, right? <laughs> like, you got a family. You got yep. kids. You got a kid be in college soon you got a baby from a financial aspect what should their financial situation be before starting going into entrepreneurship from your perspective
1: yeah for, well from mine you got to have three to six months of expenses saved i think i think that's just like a rule of thumb just for life yeah right but but having that in there right there's no such thing as security let me just preface that. It doesn't matter if you're in a nine to five, if you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as security, but there is such thing as being smart and, you know, making sure you're taking care of your family because again, I got a household of seven. I got a lot of mouths to feed. I got a teenager that's eating us out of house and home and a four year old that's doing the same thing. So if you don't have that, but also make sure that, that you've got something that's viable, that actually works. And so the thing that I did that that I don't talk about often is I did a lot of free work, folks. I did, a, I did probably a year of free coaching, free calls, free work. I became a practitioner because if I was going to go out on my own, I wanted to know that the information I was going to give was going to get the results I wanted people to get.
0: Man, Jordan, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of your soul and your, your yeah, experience man. as a new entrepreneur. So many people are going to get so much benefit from this. And I just want people, again, to know that there is a community of you. Um, They're everywhere. There are everywhere. new entrepreneurs like Jordan out there. Um, that are doing their thing. And kudos for you for kicking some ass out there, man. Appreciate and it. And if people want to reach out to you, where can they reach out to you?
1: Where can they find you? Man, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. I'm, I'm on social. Just Google Jordan Mendoza and you'll find me. I'm not the comedian, though. I'm, that's the other Jordan Mendoza. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <He's>
0: not that <laughs> The Comedy Central guy. He's not but... the yuck, yuck. Got jokes, <laughs> Jordan Mendoza. Nope. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Jordan, has been a pleasure, man. Yeah, man. As we always do. Guys, this is the first time we're out on the patio here at King & Duke again. It's beautiful. It's kind of settled down a little bit. Love it, man. What a great time. Great drinks. If you guys enjoy what we're doing, just share it, man. Share it with your friends. Let them know what we do. And make sure that you like and review the podcast. Hey, we're going to be out there with our world tour here real soon, guys. So go to businessandbourbon.live. Become a member dot live become a member all right with that said jordan this is the time when we tell people we out are you ready to do this
1: yes sir let's all do right. it all right on
0: three one two three we, we out thank you for listening to the business and bourbon podcast please subscribe and if you like us give us a five-star rating if you don't uh, have another drink maybe you'll feel a little bit differently if you'd like to check out our videos you can go to business and bourbon dot tv that's business and bourbon dot tv in addition to that we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do a whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.